are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. So we thank you, God, that you're higher than everything else. We give every thought to you. We give our hearts to you, our minds to you. God, you've ordained it for us to be here tonight. You've established it long before we were ever a thought. And we lift you up. This is about you. Jesus, you change everything. God, we're hungry for more of you. We want to encounter you tonight. We don't want to just do a service or just have another sing-along, but God, we lift you up. We thank you that you're the healer, that you're the savior, you're the transformer, that no man can do what you can do, and that you're in the room tonight. From the front to the back, from the left to the right, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And we lift you up. We want all that you have for us tonight. Amen. Would you stay standing? And if you have your Bibles, just grab your Bibles. Thank you, team. And uh, I just want to read from Ezekiel 47. And so if you have your Bibles, you version, uh, we could read this together. And I just want to read uh, the word. There's something about standing for the reading of God's word. And um, the man brought me back in, in 47, verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cupids. And then he led me through water that was ankle deep. Everybody say ankle deep. Ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cupids and led me through water that was knee deep. Everybody say knee deep. knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. Everyone say waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, though this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Araba where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea and the salty water there becomes fresh, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En um, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be there of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and for leaves for healing. You can, you can have a seat. Um, 
It's an honor to be in Calgary with you tonight, and we're just so honored that you're here, that you've come. And some of you found out on Facebook, some of you found out by friends, some of you just knew you had to come, and we just say thank you, thank you for coming. Um, tonight, our heart is um, not just to have a service, but not just to hang out, not to have just samosas after. We're going to have samosas, come on. Um, but, I, but I believe... Holy Spirit is in this room tonight. And I'm just here for a fresh encounter with him. That's why we're here. We're here to experience him. Jesus changes everything. He changed my life. He changed many of our lives, and that's why we're here. Maybe you're new and you've never been to a church like this, never service like this. You're like, what am I coming to? It's okay. He's here. And I just believe that God wants to, each one of us, our heart, our prayer, as we've prayed for this night, is that we'd each encounter him. I just want a fresh encounter of him. I, I just remember as a teenager reading the word and going, it's not just words on a page, but it's an invitation for the gospel to experience him. He invites us into an experience. He invites us into an encounter. There's more here. And I just believe God wants to move in every one of us tonight. And um, that's, that's why we're here. That's what Resurgence is all about. And as a lead team, last Saturday, we, we just said, okay, what do we have to do at Resurgence? We just have to lead people to him. We just have to point to him. And that's what tonight's about. And um, I want to share this thought as I prayed for this tonight, is the river's rising. I just felt the word, the river's rising. And in this story, Ezekiel's taken to a follow a man, um, an angel, with a measuring tape. He's got his measuring tape up, and he's measuring things, and, and God grabs Ezekiel and shows him something, and he doesn't even understand what's taking place. He's like, what is going on? And there's water coming out of the right side of this house. It was the holy place. It was where God's presence dwell. It was the house of the Lord, and, and there the water started at the throne of God, and they start pouring out, and I believe the waters came from the altar. That's a picture of sacrifice. Jesus' blood was shed for us, and that's where, you know, the, the from this sacrifice point, from the altar, the water was pouring, life was coming out. Christ is the source of life. And Ezekiel is taken into this, and he starts passing through these gates. He starts passing these gates, watching the water flow, and the river is, cannot be contained, and it's pouring all over. Um, if you know something about water, water is hard to contain. And when I was probably like 17 years old, maybe maybe younger, I don't know. I was walking downstairs one day in, in my house, my parents' house, living at home, and I was going down to play, uh, I think, Xbox 360 or something, and NHL, and I'm going downstairs to play. Our TV was downstairs where I had it all set up, and I'm walking downstairs, and as I walk downstairs, I hear water running. It's like, shh, I'm like, that's weird. And I got to the last step, and I went and put my foot on the carpet, and it was like, shh, and I was like, wet sock, wet sock, you know. You're like, what is happening? Why is my sock wet? And then I look over at the sink, and it was, it was around October. It was just before Thanksgiving. And my mom had taken the turkey out of the freezer. And the turkey was not thawing at the rate that she wanted. So she said, I'll stick it in the sink, and I'll turn on the tap. Okay, that's great. So she did that, but she forgot that the, the water was running, and she also forgot that there was a plug in the drain. And then she got preoccupied with other mom things that they do, like make yams and awesome stuff. And so, and do my laundry. No, just kidding. Um, no, I was just kidding. Um, and and so, so then 
I'm like, oh no. So I go and shut it off, and there's water pouring out of, over the overflow of the sink. So then I went to like Home Depot, got a shot back, and I'm like, we're shot back in this. And we spent like three hours shot backing water. And I mean, I went into the back storage room, and there's water seeping out from the wall. There was water the next day. Like, water goes everywhere. Like, you cannot contain it. And here Ezekiel is seeing this water just trickle everywhere. It's going past all these gates. And this man is measuring every 1,500 feet, every 1,500 feet. He's measuring this. And the water gets deeper and deeper. It's ankle, then it's knee. And then, you know, some versions say waist deep. Um, Other versions say it was up to his loins. (laughs) I'm like, loins. You know it's getting serious when it affects your loins, okay? (laughs) Like, like it's it's one thing to dip your toe in the water, the kiddie pool. Oh, yeah, a little bit of water, splash. It's cute. You know, you get knee-deep, it's a hot day, but when you get into your loin level, everybody say loins. There is a level of water, there's a level of, this is getting serious, okay? It, it reached my loins. And, and the reality is when water hits your loins, it starts to control you. Because you might just have to pee all of a sudden, never mind, maybe that's just me. But it controls you where all of a sudden the water is at a level where if it moves, you start to move a little bit. And, and it's past just you can be in control, but when you get past the deep, when you start going to the deep end in the pool and you know it's past your loins, all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh, I better know how to swim. I better know what's going to happen. And, and this, is, this is what's happening here. He starts to get controlled by the water. And I like, you know, um, you know as he goes in and, and he's going there, the, the angel says, son of man, do you see this? And Ezekiel's like, hello, it's up to my loins. I'm in it. Like, like I, I see it all right. I'm wet, you know. Like, like what, what, what do you mean I see it? And son of man, do you see this? And, um, you know, I remember years ago when I was eight along no, not too long ago. Um, I was in Phoenix as a kid, and we went to this water park. They have amazing water parks in Phoenix, and they had one with a lazy river. And at an eight-year-old, I mean, I spent all day there. I had totally blonde hair at the end of the day. And I remember I, would, I spent all day in this lazy river seeing if I could stand in the river and not be carried away. And this one point, I'm like, I'm going to stand in the river, and I'm not going to move. And I tried to stand in the river, and I almost drowned because I got, like, sucked under, and I was, like, sent under all the tubes, and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but, but the river takes you. The river takes over control. It pulls you. And in here, the son of man, he says, son of man, do you see this? See, I think when, when Ezekiel hears that, it's a reminder that he's a son. And I think God wants to remind each one of us as we read this tonight that we're sons and daughters of a really, really good father. That's what identity comes from. It comes in the river. In Matthew 3, Jesus came, and before he did any ministry, before any demons were cast out, before any healings happened, he was baptized in a river. And it was in the river that that God said, this is my son who I'm well pleased with. See, it's in the river that identity comes. It's in a river that we know that we're sons and daughters and that he's called us. Um, The river exposes our true identity. The river washes away our shame. The river washes away our inadequacy. The river washes away our fear. It's in the river that we find out who we are. 
See, it's the river that's flowing. It's the river that's rising. Fear, fear is that when we try to stop and we try to figure it out, but when the river takes over control, fear can't. Shame can't because the water washes it away. And see, we need to be in the river. And, um, you know, inadequacy, I think of that a lot. You know, so many times I'm like, God, how could you use me? I, I, sometimes I feel like, how could you use a mess like me? And maybe it's just me that thinks that, but inadequate. But here's the reality of John 15. It says that he chose me. It's he that chose us. It's he that chose us. And it's not my ability, but it's my availability. And I can trust in his choosing, not in my availability. He chose me, and I know that he didn't choose me to fail. So I trust in his choosing, not in my ability. See, that's what the, that's what the river shows us. See, I rest on his ability to choose. Number one, if you're taking notes, I just felt God to say this tonight over us. There's a river. We need to understand there's a river. There's a river. When it seems dry, have a drink. <clears throat> when it seems hopeless and destitute, the reality is there's a river flowing. Psalm 46.4 says there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells. God is the river. His presence is the river. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. To see the river of God that is, is the perfections of God. The fullness of the Spirit. The operations of the Spirit. And those running in the channel of that, that covenant promise with Him. See, he who believes in me, John says, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. John 7, 38. See, there's a river flowing from the heart of God. It's the river of his presence. Moses wanted the presence. He wanted the presence of God. See, there's something tangible about the manifest presence of God. And I believe he's in the room tonight. Joel 3.18 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that mountains shall drop down new wine, and hills shall flow with milk, and all the rivers of Judah will flow with waters, and a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord, and shall water the valley. Acts 2, the Spirit was poured out in an upper room. And there was 120 people. Um, structures, programs, um, services, denominations, good ideas, strategies are, are, are all great. But unless there's a river, unless his presence is there, we've missed it. The future of us cannot be on structures and all that. It has to be on people experiencing the presence of God. We need his presence. We need to know that there's a river inside of us. We need to know that he wants to move and pour into every church, every service, everything we do. If, it, if we miss the river, we've missed him. We need to know that river. We need to get, fall in love with his presence. We need to wade deeper. The, the other thing I thought tonight to share is a river flows. See, a river goes somewhere. It isn't a mossy swamp marsh thing with green scum on top <laughs> that you get fatal organs shut down with green algae if you go in. I'm talking about a few lakes, if you know. I have a cabin at a lake, and every summer sometimes they have fatal organs shut down and you can't go in, and, and yay, Moose Lake. Um, but, but it's a river. It's flowing. There isn't that old stuff. It isn't yesterday's water. It's fresh manna for today. And the anointing of God's presence flows. It goes somewhere. 
See, the culture is like a dead sea we live in. And if there's no river flowing out of our four walls of our meetings, then we've missed it. Because it's meant to be a river. We're meant to not, we're not just to be another dead pool. Hey, come to our dead pool. Our dead salty pool. No, we're called to be rivers of innermost being, of presence coming out of us. Rivers flowing out of us. Everything we do has got to be flowing out of us, not just to gather in, but to, to go out. See, in the story of Ezekiel, they, they go to, on the bank and they look back and they see all these trees that, that, never, that never wither. Leaves that will be for healing. Canada's called to be leaves for healing. See, the river flows to the dead and salty sea, and miraculously all the fish are, are, are healed, and, and they're well, and there's so many fish, and there's fishermen catching them. See, the river ba- breaks barrenness. The river breaks barrenness. It causes leaves to be healing. You know, there's 2.25 million rivers in Canada. But there's one river that's flowing, and it's accessible to every Canadian. And it's his, the river of the presence of God. See, there's a river flowing. There's a river flowing, and it breaks barrenness. And I'm not sure why you came in tonight. I'm not sure what brought you tonight, but I feel like the Spirit of God's saying, whether you feel barren tonight, whether you feel dry tonight, he wants you to know that there's hope. There is a river flowing, and the words I have is, there is hope. There is hope in the hardest and the driest and the most impossible. Wherever you are at, between maybe the promise and the fulfillment of the promise, you find yourself in the middle. God's saying there is hope. Keep on holding on. Tonight we've come to say there is hope. There is a river, and there's a river make glad the city of our God. And he is flowing, and he is moving, and he is saying, hang on. There is hope. There is where there is dryness and barrenness and impossibility. God says all things are possible. Where where sickness comes and, and death comes, God says all things are possible. Death isn't the end story. It, 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 when, when, when we lose friends to the, this week, our team has lost a, a few friends. And death is hard. But they went on to glory because they love Jesus with their heart, soul, and mind. And, and, and it is sad, and we miss them, but we know they've gone on. And, 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 and here's the reality. Wherever you're at in that, from the promise to the fulfillment, God's there. God's in the process. God's in the waiting. Because he's building the character to sustain what he wants to do. See, God will never give you um, a five-ton vision and expect you to have a one-ton bridge. I believe he builds the level of character, the bridge in our heart to be able to carry the big vision he has. And I sense that God has big vision over so many of you tonight in this place, but he's building things in a secret place. And he's saying so that you can carry what he wants to establish in the public place, but it's in the private place that he's building the things. And he's saying, hang on, don't give up, don't in in, there's a river flowing. Um... I'm an engineer by training. I like logical. I like predictable. I like my Excel spreadsheets because I can put everything in a box. And um, I love that. And I can, easily, um, I can easily set up a monument where the river is. I can easily build the bridge where I think it's going to be. And, and I, this week, I don't have a slide for you, but there's a famous bridge in Honduras. And it's in the middle of a desert. And the river's going around the bridge. 
And I often think of that picture because sometimes we build the bridge in the wrong spot. And the river's going a different way. Here's the reality is God is moving and God is saying, he's like, don't build a bridge where one's not needed. And I just sense he's, he's saying, do, do what I've called to do. And sometimes we can, you know, faith, here's what Richard Rohr says, faith does not need to push the river because faith is able to trust that there is a river. The river is flowing and we're in it. And I think we need to get into the river. And God will guide us where he wants us to be. See, I found if I want to flow in the river, I need to be obedient. Hunger for more of his presence needs to look more like, it needs to look like more a hunger for more obedience. Because I can say I want more of God, but am I willing to obey when he gives me more? See, they say, the common quote, we've probably all heard it, radical obedience transforms history. God is, God, where is your river taking me and how do I position your heart for all that you want to do in my life? I think that's what we need to be respond, our, our, our response has to be. Um, I, I grew up in the church. I went to a, a Pentecostal church. I was a sound guy. And I remember doing sound at many kind of services, youth things. I would set up chairs. I would do sound. Um, we went to a camp one time in the Okanagan. And I remember doing sound at the, at the back. And the worship team was going. Holy Spirit was there. It was amazing. And I remember feeling this nudge. Go to the front. Go to the front. And I'm like, no, I should watch a soundboard. You know, I had, I had, good, I had good excuses. What if it squeals, you know? Um, and so... I waited, I waited, and finally I came and I found a seat right here. And I remember just sitting and watching what God was doing. And I remember at that moment I said, God, I just want to watch all that you're doing. I just want to sit in the front row and watch. I had no desire to speak at all. I did not want to speak. I didn't want to do anything on the stage. I cannot play an instrument. I was not there. I was just said, I just want to watch you move. See, every prompting, we, if we respond to obedience, God takes us closer. And I, I just sense, and as I look back on my life, I look at all those yeses. They add up. They add up. Every yes adds up. It's those little yeses that count. It's not the big yes. It's the everyday yes. It's the yes every day. And, and as I look back and I, and I remember leaving that and going, God, what are you calling me to do? I want to hear your voice. And I went into engineering and I'm studying. And, and yet I, I, I felt, well, God, you're calling me in engineering, but you're, I'm called to minister. I don't know what I'm called to and I don't want to speak. And, and I had this wrestling with God. And I remember one time I, I was in, on, on the floor in my house and I was crying out to God. God, I'm desperate for you. God, I need to hear your voice. Probably for four hours I was yelling. My voice probably sounded just like this because I was yelling so loud. The neighbors probably thought I was crazy. And um, gladly my parents were away and I could yell. Um, and all of a sudden, I felt God's voice say, get in your car, drive across town tonight, and, um, and go to a meeting. And I knew there was a young adult meeting, but I'm like, I am not going unless I meet with you, God. I'm not going to meet people. I'm not going to say hi to anyone. I want to meet with you. I'm serious. You ever been serious with God? Like, I was serious. <clears throat> and so, so I got in my car, put worship on. I got there. And... Um, I got, I got across town, and I'm, and I'm getting there, and I'm, and I'm going, okay, what, what, what are you going to do, God? And I got into the back, back kind of where Mo is, and, um, 
And as I got there, I, uh, I was like, God, just speak to me. And, and as I drove that night, I said, God, I feel called to Canada. I feel called to go to cities in Canada. I feel like you're calling me. I feel like revivals for Canada. But I'm an engineer. How could you use me? And as I sat in the back, my friend Luke comes up to me as a lawyer. He said, I have a word for you. God's calling you to Canada. He's calling you to go to cities in Canada. You have a heart for, like he answered exactly what I said to God. And, and I just remember going, wow, I was obedient to get into my car and drive across town that day. See, it's the small yeses. Our story matters. God uses our story. God works through our story. You may say my story's insignificant, and that's who God uses. <laughs> he uses our stories. He uses our, our, our small things. And I, uh, I, remember, uh, I remember then um, when we started to dream about resurgence. And I remember that those experiences, we came into the room and we're like, what are we doing? We rented a theater. We put seven grand of my own money. I was like, I don't even know if people are going to come. We put posters all over Jasper Avenue. We rented a theater right in downtown Edmonton because we read this story in 1923. A guy named C.S. Price came to Edmonton. And they said that people were so hungry for his presence that they broke the window just to get in. And I said, God, if you could do that again in my city, I'm in. I want you to do that in my city. So I found out where the first theater that he rented was. And a block away, we rented a theater. And we said, okay, could you do this again? Where 12,000 a night would gather, could you do something again in, in Canada? And, and we, just, we just were crazy. And we, I mean, we stood on that stage. I remember Tamara was there, Tara, Karis. We were there. And uh, we prayed before anyone came in the room. And God said, it's not about a night. It's about a lifestyle. How do you live a spirit-filled lifestyle every day? And so we're like, okay, there's no one here. How do you have a movement with no one? So we knew somebody's going to show up, maybe three, and then it's a movement. And um, <laughs> remarkably, people showed up. And that night, we, we called out, some God's healing someone with leukemia. This girl gets completely healed of leukemia. Um, Tara and her friends, they decide to go, um, that God calls them to leave their careers and go on missions for seven, eight months, yeah, to go across the world, leave their, their jobs because God was speaking. And um, God was doing things, and then we met again, and we met again, and we, we had no desire to launch a ministry. We were just being obedient to the small yes. And 11 years later, we're standing in Calgary being obedient to the small yes. The river has led us here. And, and, and we come with the posture, we're not here to conquer Calgary because he already has Calgary. Yeah. As a kid, I used to sing that song, he's got the whole world in his hands. We believe that. He's got Calgary in his hands. There's amazing ministries in Calgary. There's amazing churches in Calgary that are doing amazing things. And so we're not coming with our special water or a Kool-Aid or our samosas, which are from Calgary. Um, we're not coming with those to say, we got, the, we got the best water. 
We're just coming and saying the river, as we've prayed, has led us here. And we floated here. And we don't know what we're doing. We still don't know what we're doing. We don't know what this even looks like. But we've come tonight to serve, to lay down, and say if we can stir, help, stir you on, believe in you. Um, you know, I, I remember a story of a guy that got bought a little bird in Japan. And he said that he bought this bird and you're supposed to let it fly away and what he did is you had to rattle the cage to let the bird out and I just think we're here tonight to kind of tap the cage and say, do you know the gold that's in you? Do you know what God wants to do over that city? I see the Calgary Tower. I see the city right there. And I declare that Calgary will be saved. I declare that every church represented here will have the spirit of God moving in it, that souls will come to know him. That's what it's about, to reach souls in a city, to see a city saved. I believe that Canada will be saved. That's why we're here. Not because Canada could be or should be or might be, but will be. Do we believe that a nation could be saved in a day? And so I stir you tonight. We come alongside of you to say if we can do anything to lay down, to do whatever we can do, to lift you up and see what God would do in your life, that's why we're here. We, we don't know what it even looks like. Everyone's like, well, are you coming again? I don't even know. We're just here now. <laughs> Maybe if you have a church that wants us, we'll come. You know, we're just, we're just here to serve. We're here to be part of it. And so I honor you, each of you that are from Calgary. We've come to just serve you. And I just, you know, there's some pastors here. If you're in full-time ministry, why don't you just lift your hand? I just, I want to honor. Yep, there's a bunch of you guys. We just honor you. Thank you. God, I just pray for every full-time minister in this city. God, I pray for this church, Grace Baptist. I thank you that, God, that you're moving and Ben and Daylight and that they have invited us to be here. And God, we just bless this church. We bless Grace Baptist on this hill as it overlooks the city. We pray soul and we pray breakthrough. We thank you for Sunday morning. It's going to be incredible tomorrow. We pray a blessing over. We pray every other church that's represented tonight. We pray a blessing over their pastor. We pray protection over their mind and heart. God, we pray for soul tomorrow morning. We pray for healings tomorrow morning. We pray for lives to be changed like never before in this city. We declare Calgary will be saved. God, we declare your purposes to be fulfilled in this city. We thank you that you have this city in your plans, in your hands, and we thank you, God, that you're restoring the vision and the fabric of this city to your original purpose. And so we declare breakthrough over Calgary tonight. We declare resurgence over Calgary tonight. We declare rising again, a restoration to use, a revival over Calgary tonight. Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Tonight we're, we're here because of obedience. Because just God called us to come. And we didn't know if anyone would come. We didn't even know what it looked like. But I was praying and God said, come to Southeast Calgary. And I said, well, I don't know any churches in Southeast Calgary. And Lauren said, what are we going to do? do? Do we plan this? She wants to plan it. And I'm saying, I don't know. A month later, I get an email from Ben. Would you come to Grace Baptist? Right away, I went to Google. Where's Grace Baptist? <laughs> and the address is SE. I'm like, yep, done. Here's a date. <laughs> Coming. Because God spoke to us and said, Southeast. 
And he spoke to us as we prayed. He said, go to the four corners of the city. So I think eventually we're just going to go to the four corners, four, four areas and believe southeast, south, southwest, northeast, northwest. No, we're in southeast. Anyways, all of them, all of them. We're going, maybe. And um, so if you're in one of those quadrants, we'd love to come and, and see what God would do and serve you in any way. As I prayed for tonight, I, um, I also felt as I read Jonah uh, in chapter 3 of Jonah, it said that the word of God came to Jonah a second time. And one of the things that's happened at Resurgence is people have come and they've heard a voice. God spoke to them years ago. And they come out and all of a sudden God starts to speak the word a second time. And maybe your career, maybe your path has gone a different way. But God's reminding you of a word he spoke over you. And he's saying, I'm speaking it a second time tonight. I'm speaking it a second time. I, I think some in this room, you're going one way and you're going to change direction. God has direction. He wants, to, he wants to put you into the purpose he has for you. Um, Calgary doesn't need more events. Alberta doesn't need more events. Edmonton doesn't need more events. We have enough events. We're not here to do an event. We're here to just be family together and see what God would do together in community. That's what we're doing. So we're not going to try to, hey, we need to get the biggest speaker, whatever. We're just going to be who God's called us to be and try to see what he wants to do. We need a river. We need a river. That's what we need. Canada needs the river of God flowing. We need to be in the river. I remember a few years ago, a bunch of our crew are like, we're going to go tubing on, on the Pemina River. And I'm like, I'm in. I go to Canadian Tire and I bought the, the most expensive $9 tube you could get. And um, I buy this tube, I pump it up, I'm like, I'm tubing. And I get down this river, and it was really low. Like, it's low, and my voice sounds low. But it was lower than my voice. And um, you're like going, and there's like rocks, and I'm going over it. And, uh, and then as I, sorry, I'm hitting puberty. Um, <clears throat> but as, as we're going down this river, um, all of a sudden I hear psst. I'm like, not good, not good. And I, I had my buddy Dean's backpack. And so I'm like holding his backpack up and the tube, we're going down. The boat's going down. I mean, the Titanic was sinking. And it, all these, all these leaves or rocks and twigs hit it and we're, I'm sinking, I'm holding the thing. And I mean, I was so defeated. So I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to use, I mean, I pulled this flattened thing behind me and I'm like, I'm just going to float down this river. Well, I had brown butt because, um, because it was so low. And so when I stood up, it was just brown. Like it was like, I wish I had a picture. It looked like bad, bad diarrhea. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing. There was not enough water flowing in the river. And as I prayed tonight, I saw that picture of, you know what? Sometimes we can seek the things but, but God says he wants to raise the water level up. Seek first the kingdom of God. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, you know what happens? Is the sticks and the rocks, they don't matter anymore. Because the water level rises. And so if there's something in your life that you're seeking tonight, I just say seek him first. Don't seek the relationship, seek him. Don't seek the job or the career, seek him. You know, Psalm 27, 8 says, My heart says that you seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Joshua went to look at Jericho, and, and he wanted to see how big it was. And, and what happened was God came and said, Don't look at Jericho, but fall face down and look at me. See, we need to look at him. 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Every answer that we need is in the rising river. Every answer we need is in the rising river. Every answer is in his face, not his hand. His hand will come. But I, as I prayed tonight, God gave this phrase, he deserves all of you, Travis. And I want to share that with you. He deserves all of us. We have to seek him. We have to seek him. I don't want to miss the river that's flowing. God's moving in your city. It's Canada's time. In 1864, Samuel Tilley had a word. This should be called the dominion of Canada. And I believe that God wants to restore this nation back to its original purpose. The dominion of Canada. We were founded on the word of God. And I'm believing we can say, well, it's the politician's role. No, it's our role. To pray and to get into the word and to contend the word and believe there's a river flowing and that the river is going to move. I, as I prayed for tonight, I also saw we're one river. And I see the Church of Calgary coming together in a unity like never before. And we're here as Edmonton, and, and we've had rivalries. We've, we've talked about the Oilers and the Flames. I have. Um, go Oilers and go Flames. But... <laughs> put the cameras away. No. Um, <laughs> But that, that kind of competition, but I want to say there, we're here to serve a city. And I don't know what it is, but as I felt, there's something about, we've said it for years, and the oil and, and, and the fire. We need each other. We need, Alberta needs both of us to be together. And it's time that we put together, well, Edmonton's better, Calgary's better. I love your city. I say God wants to move in your city, and I want to pray blessing over this city. I love it. I love what God's doing in this city. And I bless you. And I just speak that God wants to move. And we want to do anything to help what God wants to do. Because there's no competition. We're on the same team. We're in the same river. Um, And the last thing I want to share is a river renews culture. And in John 5, there's a story of the pool of Bethesda. And there's a guy at the pool. And it says, after this, there was a feast of Jews. And Jesus went up, actually, who has their Bible? Chapter 5, John 5. Turn to John 5, if you have your Bibles. John chapter 5. When you're there, say, I'm there. Can you read uh, from verse, the verse 9? Yeah. Okay. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these, sorry, in these, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. How far am I going? Till nine? Sorry? Oh, sorry. 
Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already had been, been in that, sorry, my font is small, in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no, no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Awesome. Thanks, Tara. It's a picture of people standing in a pool. And they're waiting for movement. And Jesus then asked him a question, do you want to be made well? And I think it's, it's really interesting. He wasn't, he knew the answer. Like, he's Jesus. And he's asking him a question, he knows the answer too. And it wasn't an exchange of information. He's not looking for information from the guy. I believe he was looking to change a mindset. He was looking to change a mindset. He wanted to shift the culture. See, sitting in a pool waiting for someone to move him. See, I need a movement. And Jesus is like, you are the movement. Stand up. Stand up. Many times we wait for others. We wait for amazing men and women of God to do something. When God says, you be the movement. You stand up. You do it. I've given you power and authority. There's a river inside of you. William Booth said, I won't stay here waiting for the move of God. I am the move of God. If the river doesn't leave the temple, then it'll never impact the Dead Sea. And if revival doesn't leave our meetings, if we just have a great resurgence tonight, but it doesn't affect Monday morning when your alarm goes off, then what are we doing? What's the point? It's not a river, it's a pool then. We can bring our water wings and we can splash. But it's a river. He's called us to be in the river. The book of Acts isn't the book of uh, thoughts. It's a book of action. It's action. It's doing. It's, it's, it's encounter. It's flowing. It's encounter flowing into every fabric of society. That's what the book of Acts was. We can't bring life to the city by avoiding it or becoming the city. Cultural um, relevance is actually too low a goal. Cultural renewal is what Jesus came and died for. Um, it's our mandate to transform culture, to renew the, the narrative of culture, of their cities. It's a moment the church doesn't sit or fear the future, but as we are created in the image of a creator God, we create the future. It's time to create innovative things that are going to change our cities and change the future and change our nation. See, I grew up in a, in a church philosophy that we had to try to survive the worldly culture rather than transform the worldly culture. And you know, if I believe that, that, that belief in me, then I'm actually selling, it's, it's not what he came to die to do. Because he died for me, but he died for me to be the resurrected power to be in me, to me to be the movement, to live it out. Resurgence isn't about just come and hang out and have a service, but let's be a movement together. How do we, how do we impact cities together? You know, our cities were founded by founding fathers. And I believe our cities today are looking for fathers and mothers. The church is called to be the fathers and mothers. Every son and daughter is called to be a father and mother. Well, I don't have kids yet. You're a father and mother. You can mentor somebody. 
It's the language of our time. Oh, I need a mentor. I need someone to mentor me. There's a whole room of mentors right now. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, well, pray and ask God to teach you about that. <laughs> because there's a generation that is lost that needs fathers and mothers. It's time to not sit at the feet of culture, but shape culture. I'm not wanting to expand some Canadian culture, but I want to expand kingdom culture. We're, we, we, we try to become Canadian. What's Canadian? Uh, we're just pilgrims passing through. I'm, I'm from another place. I'm from another culture. And I want to see kingdom culture invade our cities. I want to see the culture of heaven change every fabric of society. See, um, God gave Solomon wisdom. And God was, Solomon had wisdom for the mundane things. And queens came and, and they said, wow, you built that staircase? Wow, God must be really in you. Why? Because they built a staircase? Because the wisdom of God was evident in the mundane things. So what are the mundane things could we ask God to put wisdom into? What are the everyday things that seem, oh no, whatever. God, could you put wisdom into that? When I design that building, how do I design it with the mind of heaven? So when people look at the building I design, they see Jesus. See, God wants to move in every area of our lives. See, King Solomon wasn't impressed by culture or didn't intimidate culture. He influenced culture. What, what, what would it look like if wisdom touched the mundane? Engineers, songwriters, architects, marketing professionals, doctors, teachers actually influence every sphere. Matthew 5.14, we are the light of the world. On a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus had this mindset that he could impact cities and nations. See, we're the light of the world. Every vocation is called. We're all called to ministry. It's not just the person here. It's every one of us are called. And sometimes we believe the lie, oh, you've got to be on a stage to be called. That's a lie. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to be in the river and renew and, and transform culture. See, what if the dreams that we're dreaming for our own personal lives aren't enough? What, what, if, what if the things that we're dreaming of aren't exactly what God has for us? I think in this room tonight, God's saying dream bigger because I've called you not just to settle for the dream of, of society, but I have a dream inside of you that only I can fulfill. Would you trust me with it? And I just, God wants to give new dreams today. He wants to dust off dreams today. He wants to give his word a second time like Jonah because there's dreams that, that we're settling too low. We're, we're going, oh, that's what everybody, oh, yeah, have two and a half kids and an SUV and a house and just settle. But God's called you to take nations and cities. Don't settle for just the ordinary. Be all that he's called you to be. See, um, we tend to compartmentalize our faith. We come to church on Sunday, no, on Sunday, and then we go back to our life. But if you go to Africa, you go to India, you go to other places, Jesus is everything. He's my health care. He's my provider of my food. He's everything. And I think we're too compartmentalized in our gospel. Jesus needs to transform every compartment of our heart. Not just our Sunday two hours, but our week. Everything we do. See, a city's waiting. A generation is waiting. You know, I love Alan Scott. He says this. He says, for years we've kept him in our buildings and used for our services, but forgotten him in our industries, our universities, and our careers. The next move of God isn't going to be in the church, but a movement of the church into society. 
See the river that flowed to the sea brought healing to the Dead Sea. Listen, there's a river flowing. And he wants to flow into the Dead Sea. He wants to flow into every area. Karis, would you come? He wants to flow where, where, where things seem impossible. You know, we, we were founded on the Ezekiel 37, where there's a valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel comes, and it seems impossible. And he says, oh, sovereign Lord, you know. Would you speak breath to the impossible? God wants to speak breath to the impossible. I remember this old song I sang, I've got a river of life flowing in me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors and sets the captives free. I got a river of life flowing within me. Spring up a well, splish splash, remember that? With my spirit. Rise up and tell so all can hear it. Spring up a well so I can experience that life abundantly. There's a river flowing inside of us. And the river's rising tonight. As I prayed, God said, get the fishing poles ready. There's a harvest. The problem isn't that there's a harvest. The problem is that there's not fishing poles ready. The harvesters are few. It's a harvester problem, not a harvest problem. Would we get the fishing poles ready? Because God wants to move. God wants to use every one of us. We're all called to fish. Well, I don't like fish. Uh, pray. And as you pray, you like fish. Because he likes fish. And it's the heart of the Father. He wants us to be the hands and feet of him. We close our eyes in this place and bow your head. No one looking around. As I've been speaking tonight, if you're in this place, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It is the greatest miracle that can ever happen. When Jesus came into my heart, it changed everything. Why we're here tonight, why this church is here, is because of Jesus. He changes everything. And maybe you're in this place and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Tonight, he wants to come into your heart. Maybe you've once known him, but you're not in right standing with him tonight. It's time to come back to him tonight. And as I've been speaking, you've been feeling that. You sense that. You know there's something calling you. It's not an accident you're here tonight. And I want to give an opportunity tonight. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand really high in this place. No one's looking around and say, that's me, Travis. I'm giving my life to him tonight. I want him to come into my life tonight. One, two, some of you start to go, well, maybe I should do that. that. That's a sign that God's speaking to you right now. So when I say three, just lift your hand. Three, just lift your hand in this place if that's you. Yeah, yeah, just lift it up so I can see it all across this place. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. As I prayed tonight, I just also felt too that there was dryness. There was something in this place that there's, there's barrenness. There's dryness. There's impossibility. And God wants to refresh you. 
God wants a river to flow inside of you fresh tonight. That, that your heart right now feels like a swamp. It feels stagnant. It feels like a dead sea. And tonight there's life and there's hope and there's victory he wants to bring into your life and your relationship with him tonight. Into that situation that seems impossible. If that's you, I, just, I want you to just stand across this place. You just, need to, you just need the river to flow in you tonight afresh. Yeah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just stand up if that's you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you're standing, just lift your hands up. I just... Right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you and we thank you for every person that's standing. I thank you for the tangible presence of the Lord to come over every person that's standing right now. I thank you for a river to burst through where the desert is dry. I speak life right now. I speak hope restored right now. I just break off every lie. I break off every hindrance. I just declare breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. I just declare hope restored right now. I thank you that you're restoring dreams. You're restoring families. You're restoring marriages. God, we thank you that you're, God, you, you're, where, where dreams have seemed impossible. God, I thank you that, that, that there's, God, there's kids coming. That there's breakthrough in wombs tonight. There's breakthrough in wombs tonight. There's breakthrough in, in hearts tonight. There's breakthrough in songs tonight. There's breakthrough in business ideas tonight. There's breakthrough in ministry ideas tonight. You haven't missed it. You haven't missed it. He is here. He is speaking. And I just sense his presence so strong over every one of you standing. The river is flowing. And so right now, Lord, I just ask that your rain would just come on every dry ground and that fruitful trees would blossom and they would not wither. They would not wither. Jesus, Jesus, God, uh, God loves us so much that we can hear his voice. And one of the things is we can hear the voice of God, but God loves us so much he brags to others about us. He brags to others and he, he, he tells others about us because he loves us so much. The Bible calls this prophecy. It says, it says it, that's what it is. And I just sense God bragging about so many of you in this place tonight. And, and you right here in the shirt that says home, God's establishing a home. 
and I just sense there's a breakthrough over you. There's, you've been through things, and I just sense, we just, I pray, break off every hindrance, everything that's come against her. I just declare freedom over your mind and your heart. I thank you, God, you're establishing something. I thank you that there's a dream that's bigger than she can even realize, and that, God, she, it, you're bringing it back. You're dusting it off the shelf tonight. There's a, just a, yeah, we just break off this season and declare it's a new season over her. We declare you're establishing a new home. You're establishing a new thing. And God, we just declare, God, she hasn't missed it. And we just, we just speak your love over her, your grace over her. God, we thank you. God, that there's a, a brilliant mind, that you've given her a mind to create, a mind. God, and I just thank you that you're giving her ideas even now and brushing off things. And I see that, I see like it's, there's artistic, but there's also more. There's, there's ingenuity, there's creativity. There, there's, there's things that, that God has gifted you with. And he's gifted and established and, and there's people around you. I see you in a group of people and you're journeying together and they're upholding you and lifting you and there's a group together and I just see, yeah, you're being upheld in this season and, and he's got you. And I see it's like Elijah was in the, in the cleft of the rock and he heard the still small voice. So I just speak the still small voice. God, she's not alone, that you're with her and you never left her and there's just so much yet ahead. Thank you, God, for what you're establishing in this season in her heart and her life. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't we all stand in this place? His presence is here. And the, and the band's going to lead us, and then I think we're just going to respond again. And I just, I want to pray, but... But I just, could we worship? I just sense we need to worship the Lord in this place. We just need to worship. I believe as we worship, healing is going to happen in the room. I sense that he just wants to encounter us, but we just need to lift his voice. We need to worship. So, Karis, would you just lead us? And we're just, we're going to worship. And I just believe as you worship, freedom is coming. Walls are coming down. That the melody is going to transcend walls in your heart, in your life. And I just sense the river is going to flow. As they declare it out, as the worshipers declare, there's a river that's going to pour. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.